la même année je jouais Gigi. Tout à coup, en 56, je dansais à l'air. Welcome back, spooky friends, to another episode of That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, French history, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your handsome as ever hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Bentz. What's up, brother? Pretty excited, dude. The, uh... It's a little little spooky outside. Man, the leaves little, are falling. Yeah, it's really as spooky. as you know, my house is covered in spider webs because of those juro spiders that have invaded Georgia. Dude, let's let's talk about this for a second. So, just so you folks that are outside of this, apparently we've had this sort of infestation of spiders. Now, my house, like we have a few here and there. I kid you not. Every single time that I go every to Wood's house, right? yeah, it is like. Thousands. If you don't like spiders, this is your hell. Yeah. Literally. And literally, my wife will like walk out the door or something, and I'll get a text message that says, you got to come get this spider. So the good news is one of my neighbors hooked me up with what poison to use or whatever to get rid of them. So bottom line is we don't really have that many anymore. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, it was kind of free Halloween decorations. <laughs> so It sure was. kind of looks pretty cool. So 
I mean, they're massive. They're like as big as like, like I have fairly big hands. They're as big as like your entire palm. Easy. I mean, your hands are pretty small, but we'll, you don't have to. No, you're up. the one that has, you literally have hands. You that say I have. Your hands my, my are the foot size. Is, no, no, no. I wear no, no, a size. No, no, no. You wear a size half five size and a half. bigger than you. You wear I a size five I wear and a half. at least half a size bigger than you. I think you said one. You what's are your so full Say it right now. You wear a size what's five and a half shoe. Your, 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 the palms of your hand are as big as a matchbox car. I'll post pictures of my shoe size. But what what size... And you can do the same. We'll do it on live. Well, no, that's not what? fair because you're just going to take pictures of, of your wife's shoes. Just, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh, God. Uh, you ready to rock and roll, dude? Come I'm on. ready. Let's get in. Go. All right. So I'm pretty excited about today's topic because, man, looking over all of the shows that we've done, mm-hmm. whether it's season one or up until now, it's like we've have talked about a lot of crazy things, a lot of crazy creatures, mm-hmm. a lot of scary creatures. But we haven't talked about something like this before. Mm-hmm. As soon as Tyler told me to look into this story, this crazy history, like this is a it's a true story. It's something that happened in history. It's documented. Mm-hmm. The second I started reading about it, I was like, dude, this is perfect mm-hmm. for the October Spectacular. I mean, it's got Halloween written all over it, basically. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And murder. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Heavy. So we are going to go back in time to between the years 1764 and 1767 mm. in a region in southern France called Les Gévaudan. It's a 75 mile stretch of hills and valleys, rugged mountain range that runs along the edge of this plateau. It's a very rural area. And the area itself was just as mysterious as this monster that mm-hmm. inhabited it during that time. Mm-hmm. This area had the reputation of being a remote, isolated backwater area where the forces of nature had not yet been fully tamed and the mm-hmm. forests were believed to be enchanted. Now, just to kind of give you an idea again of what kind of time we're talking about here. We're talking about a time when, you know, although French society like in Versailles and I'm sure in Paris was hustling and bustling, mm-hmm. we're still talking about a time when out in the outskirt cities, we've got a lot of farming culture, a lot of what the folks in Versailles would consider sort of like peasant life, yeah. right? Very, Commoners. very, yeah, low income, just, you know, built their homes with their bare hands and just kind of trying to make a living and feed themselves at the same time. Mm -hmm. Between 1764 and 1767, a mysterious creature called the Beast ravaged this rural region of Gévaudan, France, leaving behind hundreds of men, women, and children Mm -hmm. as its victims. Those years have since been referred to as the, quote, time of death in the mountains. Mm. Old ancient parish records reveal that daily attacks were occurring by this creature that was, again, simply referred to as the beast. Now, again, just to kind of give you some context to the landscape, but also just like the time, everything was a lot more spread out. Uh, These little sort of communities were kind of peppered throughout this mountain region. It wasn't all too uncommon for there to be animal attacks. Like, A lot of these folks were cattle farmers and sheep herders and stuff like that. So 
attacks by, say, like wolves and things like that weren't too uncommon, but it, this wasn't happening like on a daily occurrence. If there was any sort of concentrated attacks, those would kind of be, once the wolf pack or whatever was kind of chased off, then it wouldn't happen anymore. So this was something that was happening that was... Which, is, which by the way, is normal wolf behavior. That's what you're right. saying. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, just to kind of give that sort of distinction between what would normally happen in this region and then all of a sudden these gruesome daily attacks and, and frankly, murders that were happening at the time. Now, depending on the source, the beast was described, you know, in various different ways. And so there's kind of a lot of characteristics that sort of not really contradict, but just sort of add to the mystery. Most described it as being a very hairy beast mm-hmm. covered in this dark, bristly hair, having like this red fur with black stripes mm-hmm. on its back. Yeah. Other witnesses said that it was just jet black, which made it easily sort of just blend in with the dark night. It was described as having these like glassy, wolf-like eyes, a long snout that, depending on who was describing, it was either sort of like calf, pig, or wolf-like. Big claws, sometimes hooves were described, or these like giant paws with hooves. Mm. Saying that word really weird. Hooves. 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 How do you say that? Hooves. 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 Hooves for claws. Mm. Some said that the beast looked like a man running in an animal skin, Mm -hmm. describing that it could run either on all four legs or upright in like a loping human-like movement. All of these occurrences and stuff is documented. Mm-hmm. This is this is like in France's history, right? Yep. So the first recorded fatal attack, believed to be the beast, occurred on June thirtieth, seventeen sixty four. A fourteen year old shepherdess named uh, Jean Boulet, Michael you know, Boulet's great Michael Boulet's cousin, but also closely related to Crème Boulet. Um, <laughs> terrible joke. And Kareem <laughs> Abdul Jabbar. Oh my gosh, dad jokes uh, all day long. So Jean Boulet was tending this flock of sheep, okay? And basically as the sheep were kind of wandering around, she was attacked. However, this historian named Jay Smith writes in his book, Monsters of the Gévaudan, about two months prior to this first recorded fatal attack, again, another young woman, but this time she was tending cattle, was attacked by a creature described to be like a wolf, yet not a wolf. But she escaped because her herd of cattle, they sort of like made this blockade and, and kind of chased the creature off. Mm, cool. The attacks kind of continued through that summer and into autumn. According to reports, the beast would attack women and the young, would either leave them partially consumed, in other words, like it would eat half of the victim and leave the rest, or attack them in such a gruesome way that sometimes there's like these large claw marks across the body and in one case uh, because sometimes lone adult men were also attacked and and killed but in one case it talks about how the beast I guess attacked it so hard that it decapitated its victim yeah that's that's crazy the fact that it was just continuously I mean it was just happening and so many people were dying that it kind of made people think, is there more than one beast? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is this like a group of these beasts? And the fact that like the description itself wasn't just, hey man, we saw a pack of wolves attack. It was 
something completely different. Well, uh, saying that though, no one ever saw like multiples though, right? Like no. anytime they would see like a quote unquote beast or whatever, it was never, I, I think that's important to note is like, you know, there was the theory of like, oh, there's like multiples, I guess, but then nobody ever saw like multiples at the same time. If they survived or later, yeah. as we'll see, if they went and started hunting for it, they would only notice the one. So, like I said, you've got a sparse rural area. The community, people are just getting picked off left and right mm-hmm. daily. Children, wives, sometimes the men. And just gruesome, gruesome. Gruesome, brutal, just terrifying yeah. attacks. I mean, even even beyond your typical, like, you know, an entire wolf pack, right. you know, taken down their prey. I mean, this is like one entity, monster, whatever you want to call it, doing so much worse damage than like an entire pack. Mm -hmm. All these folks, you know, weren't going to just sit around and sit on their hands. Mm -hmm. These stories started to begin to spread throughout the region and even into other countries like Germany and stuff. Bounties were offered. Hunters combed the countryside, man, looking for this creature. And I want to remind everybody, you know, in case you're wondering, well, and they just get a bunch of guns out there and, you know, throw a scope on that Hell yeah. rifle and just take care, take care of business, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you got to remember this time in history, especially out in the countryside, guns weren't as common and available, right? Mm-hmm. And so really so many of these like hunting groups and hunting parties and these brave people that went looking for this creature, all they had was no joke pitchforks and shovels yeah they would go out in the countryside looking for this thing and then around october 8th 1764 just hours after a reported mauling the beast was seen at chateau de la bombe and it was stalking this herdsman the hunters followed the animal into the estate's woods and flushed the animal into the open the hunters these guys at that point one of them had like a musket and they shot basically a volley of musket fire into the creature. But essentially, I think some of the shots sort of hit the beast. The beast falls down, gets up, and just runs off into the woods. Yeah. This began to be printed in news publications, and word just kind of spread like wildfire about this beast. You can find so many just really amazing sort of illustrations of this beast, you know, throughout the time. And, you know, it does look somewhat different throughout. But as you start to look at it, it really does kind of look like this weird sort of wolf-like, I mean, for lack of a better term, werewolf creature, because that's what a lot of them believed it Mm -hmm. to be. Word continued to spread, and eventually it became almost impossible for the king of France, uh, Louis XV, I believe, and his military to ignore. So the dragoon captain, and by the way, real quick, a little quick French history lesson, because I had no idea what a dragoon was. A dragoon were originally a class of mounted infantry Mm -hmm. who used their horses for mobility, but then they would dismount off the horse to fight on foot. Or or if you're uh, a fan of Final Fantasy, they ride chocobos. Very, very good. (laughs) The name reputedly being derived from this type of firearm called a dragoon, which was a handgun version of a blunderbuss, which might Mm. be one of my favorite names for a gun ever. That's awesome. So the Dragoon Captain Jacques Damel scoffed at 
these creatures and reports of like, essentially in his mind, he's thinking, okay, look, we've got these peasants that keep on complaining about this like werewolf. And he's thinking like these numbers, these death numbers are being, you know, exaggerated. And there was quite a sort of class difference there. And so even by the time an officer in the French army got wind of this story, he's thinking to himself like, come on, man, this is, there's nothing supernatural here. This is superstition and old wives' tales. But despite all that, the villagers sent a petition directly to the king, after which the king ordered an entire detachment to be sent to kind of scour and search the mountains. There was also like this um, bounty and reward set for whoever, you know, would hunt the beast, even like, believe it or not, children Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being celebrated for taking these things on. So like around January of 1765, this this beast attacked a 10-year-old named Jacques Portefeuille. And he and his friends, basically, ranging from 8 to 12, were all kind of attacked by this thing. This this kid, Jacques Portefeuille, led this counterattack with nothing but sticks driving off this creature. And the children were rewarded by the king to have an education paid by the, paid by the crown. Mm. So wow. there's all these, like, sort of, like, Children heroics, you know, people are out there, royal hunters are being sent out to destroy this beast. They put a, we'll just say $6,000 bounty, on $6,000 bounty on the creature's head. And the story of the beast just meanwhile, just spreading more and more. I mean, literally from Boston to Brussels, Mm. becoming, I think, one of the first really media sensations in history. Wow. There's all these like tales of heroics being told in these news reports. Mm-hmm. One of them is like this 20-year-old Marie-Jean Vallée. Nice. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure is the girl in that movie that we just watched. Oh. The red-headed girl. Also Jacques Vallée's granddaughter. Mm, maybe. She was attacked by the beast around August 11th of 1765 while she was crossing the river uh, with her sister. And she had like a a pole with like a bayonet affixed to it mm-hmm. and literally stabbed the beast in the chest. The creature runs off and she kind of became known as the Amazon and the maid of Gévaudan. Whoa. So I do think it was that character that mm. at the end of the movie yeah. <clears throat> that Should- we'll, I guess, talk about in a minute. I was going to say, you want to get into that or? Not yet. Okay. Okay. The death toll keeps on rising. Local officials, everybody's just trying to do something because I mean, you got to think about it. Hundreds of people are dying here, and they're just like, what is going on? You know, volunteers, infantry, all these people were coming together to try to get this thing. They left poison bait. At some point, some of the soldiers even dressed as peasant women in hopes that it would attract the beast. Again, because this thing seemingly targeted young children and women see that's that's kind of crazy because that that almost seems like a little like a higher intelligence to be able to kind of right you know like pick off the weak yeah well and you know maybe size though i guess yeah size i I think that especially when it came to the youngsters you know it's the easier prey i mean that does happen in the wild you know whether you're talking about any kind of pack hunting or any sort of yeah, predatory you pick, animal. You pick off the small. Yeah, the smallest, yeah. the weakest, the, weakest. The, the sick, you know, the the hurt. They're mm-hmm. going to be the ones that that you uh, that you go after first. In fact, I could go into a whole thing on animal. I took a 
class in college in animal behavior, and it's pretty mm-hmm. fascinating. Everything from like you know how like wildebeest and stuff as they're kind of traveling. They, the natural order of things to where like the sickest and the weakest are literally on the outside of the sort of pack. You oh, know, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of these things moving and the strongest and the more alpha are in the center because they're, the they're, yeah, man, it's just nuts. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, did, I didn't even think about that as far as like, yeah. well, the size that would be. Like you and I were kind of talking about before we hit the record button, a lot of these kids back then were the ones that were tending the flocks, right? And so they're right. further away from the house and they're kind of out in these fields taking care of their of their sheep or their cattle. Mm-hmm. And they aren't as fast potentially as, a, you know, I mean, I don't know if you've ever chased a, a sheep or a goat around or, you know, whatever, but that sounded a little... <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, my grandfather had, like, goats and stuff, and those things can run really fast. Mm-hmm. If, when you're a little kid and you're trying to run away from something scary, you know, those yeah. those goats are going to be a lot faster than you. So you're going to be the slowest and 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 potentially the one that, that's going to get attacked by this thing. Mm-hmm. So finally, in the fall of 1765, September to be exact, Francois Antoine was the king's 71-year-old gun bearer. Now, that's a heck of a job there. But 71, you know, you figured you might, I don't know, you might get somebody more youthful. It's pretty uh, cool, to, Yeah, it's real cool. I just immediately, I was like, oh, you mean if this was a movie, if I was going to do this movie, and again, we'll talk about the one we just watched shortly, but if I was going to do this movie, it'd be like Sean Connery, cast, done, boom, he's the 71-year-old gun bearer. Oh, actually, that's a perfect example from, uh, uh, uh uh, League of Extraordinary yeah, Gentlemen. exactly. Which right. is a it's great, like, great little scene. It's so weird, man. We were just talking about that movie last night I'm at my brother-in-law's. Anyway, hmm. okay. this guy and his nephew shoots this. I guess I this, by it, so. Well, it was like a family dinner. But anyway, he shoots this large, I mean, like larger than normal wolf mm-hmm. near this abbey. And, of course, assumed that this has to be the beast, right? And yeah. so they're awarded money and titles and the animal's corpse itself was stuffed and sent to the royal court and there's this big display. They had this like dang parade. You know, all these headlines essentially said that it's over, it's been caught, you know, like this is it, we killed it. We did it. We did it. And we didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I wonder if I wonder if that was sort of implicated in the movie as well. You know what yeah, I'm it was. About? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So, just like in that movie, the attacks didn't stop. Starting again in December, they began to happen again. But this time, things were a little different. Mm. At least behaviorally. So, before that, you remember in one of the very first accounts, the girl that escaped because her cattle sort of bravely defended her. Yeah. The creature seemingly being not necessarily afraid of the cattle, but at least like got chased off by him right right this time reports of the beast showed literally no fear it would aggressively go after the the cattle in a way that they would back off bulls uh you know any of that were just chased off by this beast and this again begs the question well okay was there a second beast well real quick though would like would they not go for the cattle and specifically just scare them away to get to the humans it was just like oh they just noticed 
a, a remarkably more aggressive, fearless behavior from this mm. from this beast now. So whether it's a new one or oh, I see what you're saying. The yeah. same one. It's either yeah. pissed or you know, it's it's maybe potentially another one. Yeah. So what's interesting here is the royal court itself actually ignored these new attacks, insisting that Antoine had had been the one that killed the creature. It's over. They kind of did their part, sort of thing. They're they're ready to move on. You know, mm-hmm. even though these attacks continued to occur starting in that December, it wasn't really until later in the summer when all of a sudden there was just almost like a sudden outbreak of attacks that occurred. And so in early June of 1767, this local nobleman named Marquis, not going to try to pronounce his last name, he organized this hunt. A couple of weeks later, one of the hunters in his group, a local guy named Jean Castel, shot this big wolf creature on the slopes of Mount Mauche. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. They even did an autopsy of this creature. The animal had freaking human remains inside. Wow. Witnesses described it as having, of course, wolf-like characteristics, Mm -hmm. but also non-wolf characteristics. Mm. The attacks after this creature was killed stopped. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Even though they assumed that uh, Castell bagged this beast and killed it. So many doubts still remained, even to this day, that it was indeed a wolf. Wow. All right. I'm just going to go through a couple of the sort of stranger sort of descriptions of the beast itself mm-hmm. and then its behavior. And then we'll kind of get into what we think happened here. Yeah. Love it. The beast was consistently described by eyewitnesses as something other than a typical wolf, right? Keep in mind, again, guys, we've got to think about this. You're talking about people that, like I said at the top of the show, it's not uncommon for them to see a wolf or even be potentially attacked by a wolf or at least their flock, right? They know what a wolf looks like. Yeah. They're out like it's not all the time. This is what they're doing. Yeah. This is their lives. Yeah. Consistently, this thing is being described as something that is not like a wolf. It's a wolf-like but there's stuff about it that is just I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Some people report it to being as large as a calf or sometimes even a horse. What? Its coat being like this reddish gray, again, sometimes described as like these dark stripes on its back with this long sort of strong panther-like tail. The head and legs were sort of shorter haired and more like the color of a deer. Mm-hmm. Again, the feet and stuff were described in so many different ways, but I thought this was kind of interesting in comparison to what I had mentioned earlier that some people even described them as being like talons on its feet, like really long claws. As far as behavior goes, again, it was aggressive, but they described it as being an ambush hunter, which again, isn't too far from a wolf um, and really a lot of um, predators, like apex predators. But the but I will say, I mean, typically wolves are always pack, like pack hunters. So yeah. that is... That's sort of the anomaly with this. Right. It's more of like a solo, mm-hmm. seemingly, you know, described as being an ambush hunter, which stalked its prey mm-hmm. and seized it by the throat. Again, also pretty uh, common with like either canine yep. or even lupine behavior. The wounds on the on the bodies found were typically to the head and limbs with the remains of, I mentioned it earlier, but all in 16 had been reportedly de- decapitated. Now, and let me tell you what's not typical for <laughs> yeah. wolf behavior, right? Yeah. That, that's on the top of the list. It, you know, that well, isn't... 
there's no there's no posable thumbs. There's no I get I mean, it. Even even if it just attacked it by its throat. And no way. That's a lot of bone to cry. I don't yeah, I mean that, no, I know it's October Spectacular. I don't want to get too graphic here. I mean, that is just not a normal, remotely normal thing with with right. a wolf or what's interesting too is I couldn't really find a lot of information about tracks or bits of evidence left behind and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? It was literally the things that were left behind were pieces of the dead bodies. Yeah. And so there wasn't really, other than just these large claw marks on the people, large bites and, and all this kind of terrible things that happened to these people, there wasn't a whole lot on, you know, physical evidence sort of left behind that I could find. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that we should say while we're sort of in this topic is, yeah. um, I also think that, I think it would be easy to sort of dismiss it and say, oh, well, it doesn't, you know, maybe it was like a pack of wolves and they just ate the head off. Right. And it's like, also, <laughs> that's something that would never happen because you're, like, if a wolf or a pack They're not of crunching wolves, through the skull. Yeah, they're not going to, like, just be like, oh, I'm going to leave all the other parts that you would mm-hmm. eat, like the the fatty parts, the, the you know, just the meat, like, like we would with a steak. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to eat the entire head off, which is all bone it's just a giant right. that's just that's that's completely it's just not a it's completely atypical right exactly and that's the thing it's like is it a possibility mm, sure sure right L- let's kind of talk about historically what some of the theories were here we go we will return after these messages it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. On the surface, it does seem very werewolfy. Mm-hmm. Just invented a word, but write that down. Yeah, I love it. But essentially, historians have just scoured the pages of history. Scientists, pseudoscientists, conspiracy theorists, mm. everybody's kind of got a different theory about what this beast was. Yeah. Among the sort of main suspects, we'll say, is a Eurasian wolf, mm-hmm. an armored war dog. Which, what is which, that? That is kind of like in the movie, dude. Oh. Yep. A striped hyena. Hmm. Get this. No way. A lion. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Some kind of, you know, prehistoric predator. 
Mm-hmm. Or, again, a rare wolf or a dog wolf hybrid, or maybe even a serial killer. I mean, yeah. Obviously, out of all of them, the, the, the one that kind of drew me in initially because of the season and all that, and because, like I said at the beginning, we haven't really done anything about a werewolf or dogman type entity yet. Although this isn't like our official werewolf episode necessarily, it's a great time to start talking about them, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely dive in deeper because there's a lot to the werewolf kind of narrative. Mm-hmm. And, and, and honestly, I'm not totally sure. Uh, well, we're not giving... Slowly roll. Yeah, we're not. Slowly roll because I yeah. think I might, I might be able to convince... Okay. Maybe a little bit okay. about what I think. But, of course, out of all the candidates, the most sort of, like, fun to think about is, well, is that, that's, I mean, it's not too soon. It's 1700s, you know, is it? <laughs> um, but really kind of, like, the most sort of fantastic or whatever. Well, um, let's preface with, you know, we're really sorry for the family. Hey, man. Hey, guys. Um, <laughs> if we could all just take it. I'm going to time it. I've got my watch here. If we just take a quick 60 seconds in remembrance. Yeah. I think that does it. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's something. Here's a cool fact, man. Castell, or the guy I'm, that killed I'm, the final beast. I'm positive that you've said it different every single time. Yeah, no, I said it twice differently <laughs> so that I can use whichever one is the most common. Okay. He reportedly used a silver bullet now to we're shoot talking. this wolf. Yeah. Okay? So, of course, that feeds into the werewolf mythology. Mm-hmm. It being an extinct prehistoric predator, such as like a bear dog or dire wolf or something like that you know hey look plausible Mm -hmm. but you know man i don't know it seems like what you know is this the last of its kind you know i i mean there were you know there is that aspect of i mean i don't want to give it away as like this being mine what i think it is but go ahead i mean mean, there was the you know that it was sort of a lone hunter so Mm -hmm. you know and you got to think it like out of all the animals in the area you know, animal attacks, wolves, you know, if they had coyotes or any other sort of, you know, predators like that, none of the other ones had any sort of behavior remotely close. So maybe it was sort of an anomaly or maybe it came through to another dimension, time travel. Mm. Just like to throw that out there. I like it. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get there just yet. Okay. But, you know, like I said earlier, one of the theories is maybe it's a striped hyena. In fact, it was kind of depicted almost close to something like that in some of the publications and even some of the descriptions from witnesses and stuff. I don't know. I mean, the fact that I mean, a lot of folks in that area wouldn't be too familiar with a hyena, but here's, here's you know, obviously because the hyena is not native to France. So then you've got to kind of like play out this long sort of series of unfortunate events essentially where someone brings one into the countryside to keep as a pet which same with a lion too yeah but hold on i'll get there too but the thing about the the hyena is hyenas aren't really super aggressive towards humans anyway and also Uh, they're they're totally pack animals too yeah exactly and they we we would have heard some some something in the description of the crazy hyena yeah yeah exactly exactly so yeah, like you just mentioned, the the lion theory. I mean, here it is cool though. It's a cool theory. Yeah. Initially, I always think of like lion an king. African lion, right? Mm-hmm. Lion King. But you know, we've got mountain lions here in the states. 
mm-hmm. that are relatively, not necessarily solo animals, but like, you know, a female would go out and hunt on its own. A male would go out and hunt on its own. Lion behavior kind of mirrors this a little bit. They ambush, they're ambush hunters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they seize their prey by the neck. Um, well, but- and, and, and their jaws, dude, are so strong that either they would crush the head or completely decapitate. That is definitely- yeah possible right well but i will say this you're like it's very rare that you're going to find a lion who is number one hunting for sport and Mm not you know food Mm -hmm. and number two to take down these people and then just eat the head or or whatever and then just like they just leave it there's a famous case of this these pair of lions and the ghost in the darkness yeah i don't know if this is the famous case i think so but this lion pair killed over 130 victims in under a year man yeah but they they would still eat hunted their territory like of hunting was like 50 to 56 miles Mm -hmm. which is that typical range yeah so but but i'm what i'm saying is like they they would still i mean pretty much eat the entire you know it wasn't like like just for for sport mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah and well i thought about it in terms of like how it looks too right mm-hmm. but a juvenile male lion kind of does have like a little bit of like a hair stripe mm, yeah. you know mm-hmm. so there's aspects of it where it's like oh okay okay but again How's a lion coming from France? Is this like a pride of lions that, you know, dates back to like the Roman Empire and like coming from Africa with lions and then they like snuck into France? I mean, how did it get there? Right? Well, to me, it, to me, it sounds like your your classic debunker, Bigfoot debunking where they're like, oh, it was just an eight that was like escaped from the circus. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. Cool, man. It's yeah. like in order to believe that, it, to me, it takes just as much. Yeah. You know, it's of. one of those es- ape escapees that just happen to be in Tacoma, Washington. Dude, I've heard that so many times, like regarding really? Bigfoot. Wow. It's, yeah. Now, it's this awesome. is my, out of all of those, this is probably my second preferred theory. There the lion go. one? That way I didn't see. No, no, no. Oh, okay. And that is that it was a human serial killer. Mm. Again, because many of the beast's victims were reported to be decapitated, something that, like we've said, kind of ad nauseum here very few animals could do yeah i don't know that a killer would sort of roam around in broad daylight wearing this like sort of bestial costume but like we both said it kind of reminded us of the village right mm-hmm. yeah spoiler alert here if you haven't seen the village by m night Shyamalan, you gotta watch it check it out but you know that again is another one of those movies is kind of people get a little divisive over it. I, you and i both i think we loved this movie yeah, pretty I think sure we early and saw it in the theater together, right? I think we did. Yeah, M Night Sh- Shyamalan, like the <laughs> first. What I, I think his first few movies are amazing, and mm-hmm. then I saw The Happening, which is maybe the worst we saw that movie in the theater too, ever made. Mm-hmm. It is god awful, so stupid, so so oh, stupid. God. Man, I don't really remember it. Dude, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch it. It's horrible. The Village, however, is genius. Yeah, The Village is genius. If you haven't seen it, sorry, we're going to spoil it for you right now. Mm-hmm. These creatures in the movie The Village. There we go. I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. But these creatures kind of look like this, right? Yeah. You find out in the movie, here comes the spoiler. That these creatures are actually people wearing this insanely like freaky costume mm-hmm. to kind of put fear in the villagers. 
to keep them where they are. Didn't spoil it all. Okay. Which, by the way, even just you saying that, like it, that is a genius movie. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. And the whole did, like man. blind aspect oh, also. God, dude, she was so amazing in that yeah. movie, dude. Yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard is who we're talking about. Yeah, I still and have then, a big crush on her. She's Especially from then, though. The idea that someone essentially would wear a animal costume so that the villagers here in France would then put the blame on an animal and be looking for a beast rather than a human killer is pretty genius if you're a serial killer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I kind of favor that theory as well as it just being, yeah, you know, a werewolf. Well, I, my only sort of pushback on that is on I th- what on the the serial killer. I mean, Go I think ahead. it's interesting, and I think it's it's. I mean, anything's a possibility. I think it's definitely a possibility. But I think I think sometimes it's it's hard to put ourselves in sort of the time and the and the cultural sort of like what was happening. Then, you know, and so, so now it's like, we have a lot of time and like you work nine to five and then you get off and like back then though, it was a little more like, Hey, we're just trying to survive here. So yeah, all this free time to just roam around hundreds of people. Yeah. Right. That just seems. And not get caught. And not get caught. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean. Anyways, it's it's a cool theory. Yeah. No, no, no. It's definitely cool. Yeah. You're gonna get into you're gonna get into what you're thinking is going on. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of think that. Um, I mean, I actually there 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 is something that's really appealing about like the lion theory. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, again, it it just takes so much sort of suspension of disbelief. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe it did escape from a circus, but um, <laughs> the circus of Versailles. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, if I had to, I mean, I kind of do love the werewolf, mm-hmm. you know, idea. I mean, it's just, it's so sort of classic and I don't know, it, you know, maybe, maybe it was a werewolf, but I kind of think if I'm leaning into the more sort of relict, somewhat prehistoric, like, you know, one sort of anomalous dire wolf that survived, you know, similar to like the, the Gigantopithecus Bigfoot Mm -hmm. kind of theory. I mean, I kind of do like the idea that it could be, but even if it was a dire wolf, it would still. How long could it live? You know, we're not talking about how long we're, you know, like the lifespan of a, it's just not. Yeah. But but my thing, my thing with that though, is like, say it is a a dire wolf. Well, a dire wolf is naturally still going to have fairly wolf like tendencies. And, decapitation is just i mean it's not, not one of them it's still kind of hard to believe yeah yeah even for a giant dire wolf yeah because it would still probably eat the the entire body or you know what i mean yeah man and just, I like know, i said like even, maybe the even, serial killer thing is yeah, that's what i'm saying because look here's the, i mean like i mean we're also talking about a time when like wolves were more common like we're living mm-hmm. in a in a time especially here in the states where like Boy, wolves are super rare. Yeah, we, we, it's hard for us to all. I think, depending on where you're listening to this in the world, it's hard for us to relate to the fact that packs of wolves that roamed wild were kind of commonplace enough to where you could recognize the behavior, mm-hmm. the attack patterns, yeah. and understand. Because again, this is people's livelihood, right? You have to know what the potential things that are going to attack your flock of sheep or your cattle. 
what mm-hmm. that looks like, how, how to prevent it, all of that stuff. So the fact that like many, many more people than usual are dying, the fact that the attack patterns are different, the fact that the uh, wounds are different, the fact that some people, you know, don't even have their head, all that stuff put together, boy, I, I don't know. I don't think it could be just, well, it's just a big wolf. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I just thought of this, too. I do like the idea of, you know, say it's a serial killer. Well, then, you know, when this guy happens to shoot it and bring a wolf in, all of a sudden he's like, okay, I'm in the clear and then just stops. Mm. Then problem. So you're saying the hero is the killer? Well, I mean, possibly, you know, it's a a twist. But I'm just saying like, like as soon as this, this dude brings in like, you know, a, a fairly big wolf as like, mm-hmm. oh, we, oh, we I found see what it. you're saying. Yeah. Then he just stops killing and he's completely off the hook. He'll never get caught. Yeah. Hmm. Which maybe that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh... Yeah. I mean, like we said, we, we're definitely going to get into it. But uh, I did look into some werewolves and kind of learned some stuff that I did not know. Apparently, the concept of a, a werewolf, which is like sort of a humanoid type upright wolf. It dates all the way back to the the Epic of Gilgamesh, which was uh, 2100 BC, so it's Mm. really long. And then even in 425 BC, Herodotus described this nomadic tribe of what he called magical men. He describes them as, as several times per year being able to basically transform into wolves, Mm. which is kind of crazy. I mean, this is, you know, that's a long, long time ago, but... You know, again, the skeptics are going to say, oh, well, they were from Scythia, which is now Russia, which, you know, the climate and the temperature, you know, they would wear, you know, pelts and stuff. So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of them think, well, you know, they were just wearing, you know, wolf pelts and stuff, which, you know, again, I mean, that's a possibility. One other thing that's really interesting is apparently the werewolf myth integrated into Arcadian legend, which Arcadia was sort of a region of Greece back in the day. And in this particular region, you know, it was still a polytheistic, you know, pantheon type belief system where they believed in multiple gods, you know, Zeus and Hercules and, you know, Athena and all the all the the gods, the Greek gods. But in this particular region, they actually worshiped Zeus as lichen Zeus, which means mm. wolf Zeus. In 380 BC, Plato told the story of a uh you know, he was basically a protector that turned into a tyrant in the shrine of Lycan Zeus. And so, you know, around that time, it was kind of like a normal, fairly normal thing for this little region to, instead of sort of deify Zeus as being like, you know, leader of the gods, if you will, mm-hmm. he was a, you know, once a protector, now turned tyrant. And even Socrates claimed that if back in the day, if a man tastes a bit of human entrails uh, minced in with with food and like a feast or whatever, they would turn into a wolf, mm. which is kind of kind of amazing. There was a character back in the day who was a Roman scholar back in 23 CE mm. called Pliny the Elder. Have you ever heard of him? No, but real quick, hold that thought because you mentioned no, you mentioned Rome and you're talking about ancient mm-hmm. the ancients, you know, BC stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean. And I didn't even think about this, man, but it just makes me, there's a lot of like, like incredible sort of human connection with wolves throughout Mm -hmm. history, like and throughout mythology and stuff. I mean, it made me think of immediately the, the, 
you know, now these guys didn't turn into wolves, but like Romulus and Remus, you know, in, yeah, exactly. in Roman history. Yep. Um, I thought that as well. For those of you that don't know that story, essentially these twin boys were were born in sort of typical sort of royal fashion. A, a king was threatened by their birth. He killed their mother. He ordered them to be killed. She sent them, I think, on the, or laid them by the, the river, uh, what's it called? Tiber. Yep. And they were kind of almost like a, um, Mowgli situation. They were taken in by this she-wolf who uh, kind of took care of them for a little bit. Eventually they were, you know, adopted by a shepherd. But anyways, I, I just thought of that as you were talking about the ancient Greek stuff. It's like, man, we've had like mm-hmm. in early sort of written history and stuff like these, this interesting connection between humans and wolves, but keep going. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's interesting too. I mean, that's kind of, you know, if you know your Bible history, you know, it's, it's, I <laughs> I guess Romulus and Remus are like if Moses was, a, yeah. you know, picked up, his little basket was picked up by wolves. Mm. Um, but no, Pliny the Elder, we'll get into him. Actually, maybe we'll get into him this month for Halloween because mm-hmm. he's actually the oldest known, you know, quote unquote ghost story or talking about like haunting that we have in all of recorded history. Whoa. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. He has a story where he talks about like a house that, was of ill repute and pestilential, I guess. Mm. And so it's like, you know, our earliest example of like a haunted house, which is kind of insane to think, you know, I don't know what I believe. I'm so kind of pulled yeah. as far as like hauntings and stuff. And I know this episode is not about that. I'm about to move on. But the idea that like, you know, if you believe in like it's like a reoccurring thing or the you know, the stone tape method or, or whatever, you know, you're, you're looking at something being haunted in the present by some, somebody that lived in the past. So, you know, if this is all the way back in 23 CE, this house was haunted. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to think yeah. like just how ancient, whatever the ghost was from. Yeah. I mean, you know? dude, the fact that regardless of if it's your traditional sort of ghost or if it's like, the veil is thin there and they're peeking into the other dimension or we've talked about mm-hmm. different things yeah. before on the show. The fact that it's documented experiences all yeah. the way back then is mm-hmm. jaw dropping, dude. Yeah. And again, we'll, we'll get into Pliny the Elder a little more in the future. Cause he, he's pretty, he's pretty fascinating. But the reason I bring him up is both him and Pausanias or Pausanias, they both told this story. They both had kind of ver. they both sort of verified each other throughout different times, but they told the story of this young athlete named Demarcus who was taking part in this sacrificial ritual uh, in which he was compelled to taste the entrails of a young boy that was being sacrificed, which, boy, times are tough. Back oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently, and this is like a related as like somewhat of a true account, you know, and he was turned into a wolf for nine years. Mm. Uh, which is just kind of crazy. And so I, I think this is also sort of tied back into the, you know, Lycan Zeus character, which I'd never heard of until now. Man, but me neither. It's pretty interesting. And it's super interesting, dude. And it also kind of ties into this stuff that I kind of read about that has this like tie into werewolf mythology and sorcery, which I mean, yeah. it makes sense after reading it, but I never really kind of put those things together in my mind, you know? Yeah, right. Um, well, well, let me say this, though, real quick, while we're sort of 
on this topic before we move on. You know, again, this is another topic that definitely deserves at least one episode on it is the Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so when we were talking about the sort of the supernatural elements of this before, I, I totally wasn't thinking about this, but, you know, the Skinwalkers typically are sort of based in Native American sort of lore. And, you know, a lot of times they would be these, these sort of medicine men who would, you know, wear, you know, pelts or, or the skulls of animals and adorn themselves. And they would use this type of black magic to basically shapeshift into these animals. And a lot of the times, you know, and I wonder if this is sort of some kind of alchemical thing that doesn't quite connect. But a lot of the times you would see these, you know, if you believe in the the skinwalker sort of legend is mm-hmm. you would see these, it would be like a werewolf instead of just seeing like a wolf. Uh, right. Or it, it would be up on its hind legs. And sometimes it would have the head of a man or or just the head would be wolf. And then the body would be completely just a naked human. Mm-hmm. But the reason that I bring this up is there's a case from Skinwalker Ranch way back out before it was taken over by Robert Bigelow and then now the this newest guy that, you know, there's a new show on, I think, History Channel, which is actually kind of cool. But anyway, there's a there was a case where this rancher, I think he was having issues with like sort of cattle mutilation type stuff. And mm-hmm. he heard something outside and he ends up, you know, getting a shotgun and going out with, I think he went out with his son. I think it was kind of in the middle of the night. He's hearing like a commotion. I think it was from cows maybe. And he gets out there and there's this wolf just standing there. And I think it was, you know, standing over like a cattle or something that it it had killed. And apparently it had glowing red eyes. And that's the, that's Mm. the rancher's, you know, job. That's, that's how he survives, you know? And so Mm -hmm. he, kind of, you know, shoots a warning shot. It doesn't leave. doesn't even phase it. It keeps staring at him. And I think it even maybe, like, started at one point, like, walking toward him. Again, we'll hit this, like, a, a deep dive into Skinwalker Ranch later. But one of the, the attributes is is they, I think he ended up shooting it several, several times, and it, it didn't even phase it. Like, the bullets weren't even going through it. So the idea that, like, maybe this sort of, you know, werewolf, wolf thing being less of this sort of anatomically correct, you know, corporeal thing, the idea of it being almost like a spirit type thing that you never really see it. You never kind of like, I just think that that it's interesting those two, and, you know, Skinwalker Ranch, again, is tied into portal sightings and mm-hmm. sightings of, you know, anomalous lights and orbs and, and you know, people claim that there's like vortexes and, you know, it's this whole sort of, playground of supernatural sort of paranormal phenomena and so i i really like that idea of was this some kind of thing that that passed through a portal and maybe it's like an interdimensional thing so it is kind of a ghost maybe it's half in our world half in another but that's really cool you know one paw in this world one paw in the other there you go i like it Mm -hmm. yeah man that is a cool uh that's a cool theory and as you were talking about that I just figured I think maybe it it will be best served if we wait to kind of go into more of like the werewolf proper lore Mm -hmm. for like a future episode when we talk about Skinwalker Ranch. And then also one that sort of begs to be mentioned at least in this episode that both of us thought of, I know, is Mm -hmm. the Beast of Bray Road. Oh, yeah. Right. And then also. Which that's Dogman, though. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. 
But it reminded me a little bit of what you were talking about in terms of this sort of like bastardization of nature yeah. in that it's like, you know, standing upright. It's got the red glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of solo, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's any decavitations or anything like that, but these types of accounts that sort of vary a little bit but have some similarities, just kind of like, you know, I just thought of those, that being one of them also Mm-hmm. You mentioned this one. I don't know if you want to get into this here just briefly, but of course, the French word for werewolf mm-hmm. is actually loup-garou. Mm-hmm. Or if or, you're from Louisiana, it's rougarou, right? Which is sort of a, a variant of the original French, which they believe that you know it's been spread for many generations, but they think it's either from which this was interesting from, from the original sort of French settlers or. French Canadian immigrants, which is kind of crazy that hmm. it would have been carried to Canada and then those folks would have. Well, it's know. super interesting that all of it is of French origin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So well, it's like, and you said something before, not yeah. on the show, but before we sort of started recording about like, well, what if this thing was mm-hmm. carried on over? Yeah. What if this thing is quote unquote a werewolf, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where you want to just kind of like scour these historical records, right? So like after this period, say 1769, 1770, any kind of ship manifests yeah. like where people killed on the way. Mm. And then all of a sudden this thing ended up in either Canada or Louisiana. Man. I mean, just so cool. Could have just could have been such a good movie. I think now's a great time for us to complain about the five dollars both of us just spent mm-hmm. on this movie. Well, l- let me lay this out real quick. So, okay. when I was a kid, around the time of The Crow, and I don't know what year that would have been, like 1994. Right. I was obsessed with this. I was obsessed with the J.O. Barb, uh, I guess, sort of like trade or you know, volume or whatever, that had all the single issues. This movie that we're talking about would have come out around that time. And I remember thinking like, oh, well, and again, I don't know if it was something in Wait, the way... The movie that we just saw came out then? No. No, well, I think it was around that time or after. like 2001, bro. Was it? Yeah. Huh. Maybe it was something that was in the trailer that was sort of, that kind of made me get sort of the crow kind of vibes or whatever. But I remember I was really obsessed with this movie. And this movie is called Brotherhood of the Wolf. Mm-hmm. And originally it was like a French film. And I really wanted to see it at the theater, but I never had a chance. So I've wanted to see this movie all the way since 2001. Um, 20 years, dude. 20 years. And in my mind, I've thought, this has got to be the most badass movie. And -hmm. and I would always see it on like sort of these lists of like cult classics or like underrated movies. And you have too. Yeah, dude. And I got to say, the trailer, I mean, you you sold me on it. You sold me on it pretty quick. But now that, dude, now that I kind of like, Put two to get twenty years. I'm gonna give it a little bit more grace, but whew. man, it, man, that's a long story short. The movie itself kind of deals with this mm-hmm. story, right? In a way, right? Yeah. They, of course, it ends up having a life of its own. But I swear to you, the dang movie is like almost three hours long, right? I mean, it's like two hours and forty minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, which. I didn't even notice, and you were like, "Man, I'm an hour Boy. forty-five in, and I don't even." Oh my god! And, and I was like, "An hour? Yeah, yeah, it's long." There's some cool aspects of it, but the whole thing could have been either thirty minutes long, yeah, or an hour and thirty minutes long. Yeah, honestly, I, I think 
I'm so bummed because, I mean, not only that I wasted $5, but I'm <laughs> so bummed because I've built this thing up in my mind to be, because I remember at the time it was like, it was kind of a big deal because I think there was some like, like some choreographer, choreographer that had like went on or maybe had worked on like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And like, mm-hmm. there was this kind of like sort of, you know, like Asian fighting style kind of thing tied in with these like early French. I mean, it was set in like, er, you know, early France right around this time. And, and so that's, that's why we're even talking about this is it's based roughly around these two guys who are kind of, I guess, paid to take out the, the beast of, uh, go ahead. Givendon. There it is. And man, it just does not hold up. There's just so many ways that they could have made this movie incredible. And it, like I said, now that I kind of realize it's 20 years old, one thing that I told Tyler was like, it kind of seems like maybe we're not digging it because it is sort of steeped so heavily in, in like French history. Mm, yeah. And it's such a period piece that like mm-hmm. maybe we just don't like we're not invested in it because of that. Like Last of the Mo- like Last of the Mohicans is one of my favorite movies of all time. Never seen but it. But I get it. It's sl- what I'm did kidding. you say? I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. But it is slow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna complain about it because like I said, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time. And but, a great soundtrack. Oh my gosh. But is that because it's you know, American history. Right. Uh, I don't know. Well, you know? but I got to say, just talking about The Crow, like, I still think that movie's incredible. Oh, and, yeah, man. And you just said 1994. Yeah. So. If you do like that movie, hey, man, good on you. But yeah. I don't, we just didn't dig it. And they kind of take the story down a turn that, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it honestly, if you watch the trailer and this concept of like these two, like, loners kind of like you know showing up in this town to like take out this this beast that's been threatening every you know it's townspeople i mean that alone's like pretty bad and like that's where you can also end like there, yeah there it is that's yep, cool exactly yeah don't but i guess it. yeah don't waste your five dollars cumulatively we just spent 10 so yeah. well, well or if you just have five dollars burning a hole in your pocket uh, you can buy us a coffee or head yeah. on over to the merch store. Yeah, if that's what you want to, I mean, that's, a, to me, look, we're not financial advisors, but I think that's a smarter way to we spend kind of are. I mean, you know, in a way, we are, right? I mean, is that? I think so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. find us, Woody? Well, the best place to always find us is going to be Instagram. Mm-hmm. Not only are we interacting with you guys, I mean, on a daily basis, but also, you're going to find other people that enjoy this show that you can interact with as well. Mm-hmm. And that's really a place where we kind of dive a little bit deeper into each of the weekly topics that we discuss, whether that's more pictures mm-hmm. from the, the the topic or just theories that we all kind of just start discussing. It's really just the best place to uh, to get a hold of us. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, if you want to tell us something, you know, that goes beyond just something in the comment section, feel free to shoot us a DM. Uh, maybe you have a story. Maybe you have a spooky story. Mm. If that's the case and you want to record it as a voice memo, I don't think I've ever said this before, but feel free to shoot it to thatwouldberadpod at gmail.com and we would really love it because we are probably going to talk about it or play it or read it or mm-hmm. whatever. Whatever form it is, we have a few, yeah. but we always would love more. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like I don't think I've ever said this before either, 
hey, go out there and tell one friend about the podcast. Mm-hmm. That makes all the difference in the world. And then furthermore, hey, head on over to iTunes and uh, give us a five-star rating. We would mm-hmm. really love it. And appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I guess that covers it, guys. Uh, you got anything else, Woody? I think that's it, man. All right. Well, like we always say, we appreciate you. We love you. Stay spooky, everyone. And as always, be rad. That's the way it
Bonjour, mon chéri. Oh. I've not seen a girl like you in all so long. Oh, she has a je ne sais quoi. <laughs> I like how we just use like the most simplistic French yeah. terms that we just kind of know. Yeah. Oh, boy, we're going to butcher some names today, yeah, it's boy. It's going to be rough, bro. Man, he's, he's... Let me say a quick... I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Should I do it in French? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> geez. Let me get started by lightning today. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. I'll press stop. Uh-huh. Three, Same. two, one. Staff.